Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. You can learn more about the program and our church when you download our free Living Truth app. Now, here's Pastor Michael's Christmas Eve teaching in Isaiah chapter 7, verses 1 through 4, called Emmanuel, God with us. Grab your Bible, open it to John chapter 12. We'll be in Isaiah 7 tonight, but we're going to start in John 12. Father, thank you for the time of worship and fellowship. Thank you for the precious people of this body and of your entire body. Your people are all over the world, and you have called us out of darkness into your marvelous light. You have shined your light upon us, Father, and we're just so grateful to be your people. We're grateful to be children of light. You tell us to walk as children of light, and we're just grateful that we're part of that kingdom of light, and we're grateful that like Isaiah, we were able to see you at a time in our lives when maybe something was really sour or difficult, and we saw that you are on the throne, and that you are high and exalted, seated on your throne, and then you are ruling and reigning. You are sovereign. And though this world can seem out of control and a difficult place to navigate much of the time, Lord, we're grateful that you are on the throne and we pray tonight that we would just be illumined again, draw closer to you, see your glory again, your great promises in Emmanuel, God with us. And uh, we just pray you'll bless the study. And as Chris prayed, open our hearts to your word. May we receive the word implanted in our souls, which is both able to build us up and make us ready to be used by the Master. So we're just grateful, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. John 12, uh, Jesus' ministry is winding down. And Jesus says these words, John 12, 23. Jesus answered them, saying, The hour has come for the Son of Man to be glorified. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the earth and dies, John 12, 24, it remains by itself alone. But if it dies, it bears much fruit. He who loves his life loses it. He who hates his life in this world shall keep it to life eternal. If anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall my servant also be. If anyone serves me, the Father will honor him. Now my soul has become troubled, and what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour, but for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify thy name. And there came, therefore, a voice out of heaven. I have both glorified it and will glorify it again. The multitude, therefore, who stood by and heard it were saying that it had thundered, Others were saying, an angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered and said, this voice has not come for my sake, but for your sakes. Now judgment is upon this world. Now the ruler of this world shall be cast out. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. But he was saying this to indicate the kind of death by which he would die. The multitude Uh, therefore answered him, we have heard uh, out of the law that the Christ is to remain forever. 
How can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? That idea there is lifted up on the cross. Who is the Son of Man? Jesus therefore said to them, For a little while longer the light is among you. Walk while you have the light, that darkness may not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he goes. While you have the light, believe in the light, in order that you may become sons of life, light. These things Jesus spoke, and he departed and hid himself from them. But though he had performed so many signs before them, yet they were not believing in him, that the word of Isaiah the prophet might be fulfilled, which he spoke, Lord, who has believed our report, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For this cause they could not believe, for Isaiah said again, He has blinded their eyes forty, and he has hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and perceive with their heart, and be converted, and I heal them. These things Isaiah said, because he saw his glory, and he spoke of him. Nevertheless, many of the rulers believed in him, but because of the Pharisees, they were not confessing him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the approval of men rather than the approval of God. And Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me does not believe in me, but in him who sent me. And he who beholds me beholds the one who sent me. I have come as light into the world, that everyone who believes in me may not remain in darkness. May the Lord write his word on our hearts. Go to the book of Isaiah. I pointed out to you in the Gospel of John that when Isaiah is spoken of there, when he saw his glory, that speaks of the glory of Jesus Christ in context. And we shared last week about the incredible chapter of Isaiah 6 when in the year of King Uzziah's death, Isaiah saw the Lord seated on the throne, lofty and exalted. We'll be in Isaiah 7. And then we saw after that incredible Uh, picture, insight, vision, seeing the Lord, there was a commissioning given. But before the commission was given, the angel took the coal from the altar with the tongs. He broke his flight pattern. He came straight to Isaiah, touched his mouth, and uh, prepared him, if you will, for his speaking ministry. And then I told you what his ministry was. You will go to this people, this is Isaiah 6, 9, And you will say to them, keep on listening, but do not perceive. Keep on looking, but do not understand. Render the hearts of this people insensitive, their ears dull, Isaiah 6.10, their eyes dim, lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their hearts. Did you know you can understand something with your heart and return and be healed? And then I said, Lord, how long? How long will I have to go to a people and say, I'm here to tell you, you will not listen to me. How long? What kind of mission is that? I've got a traveling ministry. What's your message? Same every week. I've come to tell you, you are not going to listen to me. Have a nice evening. How long, Lord? And he answered, until cities are devastated and without inhabitant, houses are without people, and the land is utterly desolate. Do you think that this is a hollow message? Do you think that I'm telling you to warn people just to warn people and that everything is going to remain the way it was? See, when the Lord puts forth a word, 
When he warns in a prophecy, his word will come to pass. This is not a hollow message. This is turn or something devastating is going to happen to this land. I am telling you now, tell the people, warn them that they must turn back to me because I've had it. The land will be utterly desolate, verse 11. The Lord has removed men far away and the forsaken places are many in the midst of the land. Yet there will be a tenth portion in it. We talked about the remnant. And it will again be subject to burning like a terebinth or an oak whose stump remains when it is felled. The holy seed is its stump. And so this picture of the glory of God and, and the warning, you're going to be my messenger and you're going to preach until you see devastation. Now, there were really two major devastations, one of which Isaiah did see in 722 B.C. The Assyrian army did come down. They came into the area of the northern kingdoms, and they devastated the land. And Isaiah experienced that. Later in 586 B.C., it happened in the south. It happened to Judah. There were other devastations, but there were two southern kingdoms that remained. You might remember, if you think a little bit of your Bible history, there was a division of the kingdoms at the death of Solomon. There was a northern kingdom, and to the north went ten tribes up in the northern regions of Israel, and to the south in the area of Jerusalem remained two tribes. It was sometimes called by one name, that is Judah, or known as still the throne of David, and you'll see some of that language that's being repeated. Now, a commitment was made by the Lord to Judah, or specifically to the throne of David, that it would remain that God would be with uh, those descendants of David. And so we move into chapter 7, and we're going to see some amazing stuff. A new king is on the block. His name is Ahaz. This is about five years after the vision or the uh, experience that Isaiah has, probably there in the temple. He's been commissioned, and now a king has arisen. It came about in verse 1, chapter 7, in the days of Ahaz. This is the new king in the south the son of Jotham, the son of Uzziah, king of Judah, notice, that Rezin, the king of Aram, and Pekah, the son of Remaliah, king of Israel, went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it. But I want you to note in your Bible, they could not conquer it. Now, there are two people groups that are starting to uh, assemble to come against the south, and they're named in verse 1. They are the uh, first nation that is named as the king of Aram, which will be known as Syria. It came to be known as Syria. And so you can just note that in your Bible. And some translations, I think, list it as Syria. And the king of Israel. And you're saying, wait a minute. Why would the king of Israel come against Israel? Because what we have is we have that division of the tribes. We have the ten to the north and the two to the south. And they are no longer uh, partners. The ten northern tribes have seceded from the nation. They are separate. And they are even warring with each other. And so the king of Israel is not the king of Judah. He's a separate king. He's named there. And he, goes, he went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but he could not conquer it. And right in that first verse is the promise of God to the throne of David. Judah is uh, just a couple of tribes. They are not ready to deal with major armies or invasions. But the promise of God remains to the south. 
You've been listening to the Walk in Truth Weekend Program. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. Pastor Michael Lance would like to give you a small gift to help you get in the spirit of Christmas. Pastor Michael's son and worship leader at Living Truth, Pastor Shane Lance, has presented O Holy Night. Long lay the world in sin and You can listen to the full version on YouTube when you visit walkintruth.com. You can also listen to other joyful Christmas songs by Shane Lance like Have Yourself a Very Merry Christmas and a melody of Silent Night and Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which has music you may find very familiar. Those songs and more when you search Shane Lance on Apple Music or Spotify. Visit walkintruth.com to hear the whole song and have a very Merry Christmas from everyone at Walk in Truth. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance right here on Walk in Truth. The ten northern tribes have seceded from the nation. They are separate, and they are even warring with each other. And so the king of Israel is not the king of Judah. He's a separate king. He's named there. And he, goes, he went up to Jerusalem to wage war against it, but he could not conquer it. And right in that first verse is the promise of God to the throne of David. Judah is uh, just a couple of tribes. They are not ready to deal with major armies or invasions. But the promise of God remains to the south, that that throne will, uh, will prosper forever and that the family of David will prosper. And so King Ahaz has come from that line. And there remains a promise, though the king is a very fickle man. As the chapter unfolds, the best thing that you can say about Ahaz is he is a double-souled man. In the book of James, James talks about a double-minded man who is unstable in all his ways. He says a man like that should not expect that he should receive anything from the Lord. Uh, Barclay said, a man like that is like a walking civil war. He really doesn't know what he believes, and he's literally two-souled. He has not firmly planted his feet in Jesus Christ, so he blows with the wind. He doesn't really know if he trusts God or if he trusts man, if he wants the alliances of other kings or if he wants to trust the king who is seated on the throne forever and ever. He hasn't made up his mind yet. And tragically, really, he has made up his mind. He's a double-souled man. He's unstable in all his ways. He's like a wave, uh, the waves of the ocean tossed to and fro. He basically blows around with the wind. He's unstable. He's not calm. He doesn't know the peace of Christ because he hasn't trusted Christ. And that's Ahaz. Ahaz is a direct opposite of Isaiah. Isaiah has seen the glory of the risen Christ. Of course, he's not risen yet, but you know what I mean. He's on the throne, seated on the throne, and he's seen holy, holy, holy. He's seen the power of this majestic God, and he says, all he can say, Lord, is I'm an unclean man. You're going to have to touch me. And once God touches him and God says, who am I going to send? Who's going to go for us? He says, Lord, send me. But Ahaz is the opposite of Isaiah. Ahaz has not seen a vision of the glory of God. He has not received that call. He is not convinced that God is really able 
to use him and deliver him in situations. And so he's a man who's torn. And Ahaz has pressure in his life because there are people who want to take him out. There are people assembling. And the the scene in Isaiah 7 is King Ahaz of Judah, uh, a man who is not only not following the Lord, but he's doing evil in the sight of the Lord. This man has reinstituted the worship of Molech. As a matter of fact, parallel passages say that he burned his own son to that false god. Not only is he a double-souled man, but he's a man who's got caught up in idolatry, and it has turned his heart away from the living God. And that's exactly what God said it would do. If you worship other gods, if you put up the Asherah poles, and you worship Molech, and you go down in that valley of Ben-Hinnom, and you sacrifice your children in the fire, something that God says never even entered into my mind that you would do such an abominable thing, your heart will be turned away from me. The two cannot go together. You can't sit there and worship these gods and offer your children to these gods and think somehow that your heart will not be not only divided but moved away from the living God. Turn to 2 Chronicles. I'm going to show you a little bit of this sad history. 1 and 2 Samuel, 1 and 2 Kings, 1 and 2 Chronicles. A little bit before you get to Nehemiah. Just, oh, I don't know, about an inch of pages towards Genesis. (laughs) Okay, 2 Chronicles 28. Here's the sad, sad picture of Ahaz. Ahaz, 2 Chronicles 28, 1, was 20 years old when he became king. He reigned 16 years in Jerusalem. He did not do right in the sight of the Lord as David, his father, had done. 2 Chronicles 28, 2. But he walked in the ways of the kings of Israel. He also made molten images for the Baals. Moreover, three, he burned incense in the valley of Ben-Hinnom. He burned his sons in fire. According to the abominations of the nations whom the Lord had driven out before the sons of Israel. By the way, that's part of the reason they got driven out of the land of Canaan because they were doing abominable things. That's why they, he drove them out of the land. And he said, don't learn their ways. But unfortunately, Israel did. And he sacrificed and burned incense on the high places. We've talked about that in previous studies. On the hills and under every green tree. Wherefore, five, the Lord his God delivered him into the hand of the king of Aram, that's Syria, And they defeated him and carried away from him a great number of captives and brought them to Damascus. And he was also delivered into the hand of the king of Israel who inflicted him with heavy casualties. There's a price to be paid for idolatry. For Pekah, the son of Remaliah, slew in Judah, notice this, 120,000 in one day, all valiant men, because they had forsaken the Lord God of their fathers. And Zikri, a mighty man of Ephraim, slew whoever that guy is, Maseh, the king's son, and Azrikam, the ruler of the house of Elkanah, the second to the king. And the sons of Israel carried away captive of their brethren 200,000 women, sons and daughters, and took also a great deal of spoil from them. And they brought the spoil to Samaria. By the way, that was the capital of Israel or the northern kingdoms. So those two are basically synonymous. When you see Samaria, you have the capital of Israel in the north, okay? This Time, by the way, of intermarriage and the fall of the northern kingdoms is what produced the Samaritans because there were only a few survivors after Assyria had moved in in 722 BC. They left a few of the people that had not been taken captive. And there were people that were planted there by these kings. And they were foreigners. They intermarried with those few survivors and produced the Samaritans. That's why a lot of the Jews had disdain for the Samaritans because they knew that they were a culture uh, that were birthed out of interbreeding. 
There was not a purity of uh, uh, nationality and so forth that was very important to the Jews. Verse 9, but a prophet of the Lord was there whose name was Oded. And he went out to meet the army as these captives were being taken away, which came to Samaria and said to them, Behold, because the Lord, the God of your fathers, was angry with Judah, he has delivered them into your hand. You have slain them in a rage, which uh, has even reached heaven. And now you are uh, proposing to subjugate for yourselves the people of Judah and Jerusalem for male and female slaves. Surely, do you not have transgressions of your own against the Lord your God? In other words, he's saying, do you want to add to this? Do you, what you've already done wrong? Now therefore listen to me and return the captives whom you've captured from your brothers. For the burning anger of the Lord is against you. And then some of the heads of the son of Ephraim, Az- Azariah, the son of Johanan, and Barakiah, the son of that guy, and <laughs> the other guy, the son of uh, Shalom. See, I try to say him with authority, but some of them are just too hard. And Amasa, <laughs> the son of Hadlai arose against those who were coming from the battle, 13, and said to them, you must not bring the captives in here, for you are proposing to bring upon us guilt against the Lord, adding to our sins and our guilt. For our guilt is so great that his burning anger is against Israel. And so the armed men left the captives and the spoil before the officers and all the assembly. Then the men who were designated by name arose, took the captives, they clothed all their naked ones, reminds you of Nazi Germany, doesn't it? From the spoil... And they gave them clothes and sandals and fed them and gave them drink, anointed them with oil. This is how bad it's gotten, people. They're doing this to their own brethren. Led all their feeble ones on donkeys and brought them to Jericho, the city of palm trees, to their brothers. Then they returned to Samaria. At that time, King Ahaz sent to the kings of Assyria for help. You think he would have called out to God. For again, the Edomites had come and attacked Judah and carried away captives. The Philistines also invaded the cities of the lowland and of the Negev of Judah, and had taken Beth Shemesh, Ajalon, Gedareth with Sako, and with its villages, Timnon, its villages, Gimzo, with its villages, and they settled there. For the Lord humbled Judah. Why? Because of Ahaz, king of Israel, for he had brought about a lack of restraint in Judah, and was very unfaithful to the Lord. You've been listening to Emmanuel. God with us, part one on Walk in Truth. That's Pastor Michael's Christmas Eve teaching in Isaiah 7, 1 through 4. And don't forget, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks so much for listening to Walk in Truth on this station. Please continue listening here because, well, this station is honoring the Lord by serving many more ministries in addition to ours. And you'll get to hear the latest broadcast from Pastor Michael. Walk in Truth is also available on your podcast app on Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, and many others. You can listen to all of Pastor Michael's previous teachings. We have Pastor Michael's teachings in the book of Colossians, Job, Ephesians, Psalms, Revelation, and many more. Listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want on your favorite podcast app. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, here it is, Christmas Eve. We we often pray about books that we're going to air and we can tell you we're not that smart. We didn't really plan it this way, but we just so happen to be in the incredible uh, prophecy in the book of Isaiah 700 years or more before Jesus was born. It was written, Emmanuel was coming, God with us. It talks about the virgin birth. It talks about the amazing gift that God would give at Christmas time, the gift of his 
one and only Son. Oh, it stirs the heart, doesn't it? I pray it will stir your heart again. Uh, knowing how God predicted what would happen, all of history moving towards this singular person in this moment of history where he would come on a saving mission. This is why it is a Merry Christmas. No, we don't know the exact date when Jesus was born, but what we celebrate is God's uh, gift to us, the gift of his son, wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. I pray it will be a holy Christmas season for you and your family. And uh, again, if you have a chance, get to a Christmas Eve service. We're doing one at Living Truth, 5.30 p.m. Uh, For some of you, it's already happened if you're listening later. But for some of you who are listening early, you can make your way out to Corona, 5.30 p.m., a Christmas Eve service at Living Truth, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue in the city of Corona. Hey, if you'd like to join us for the single Christmas Eve service at 5.30 p.m., uh, you can find out information and directions when you go to walkintruth.com. That's walkintruth.com. Well, this is Pastor Michael. On behalf of my beautiful bride, Brenda, our family, and our Walk in Truth family, and our church family, a very Merry Christmas and a blessed holy night tonight as we think about the gift of God's Son. He is good. May you be blessed. We'll see you next time. And join us on Monday for part two of Pastor Michael Lance's teaching in Isaiah chapter 7, 1 through 4, called Emmanuel, God with us. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth and have a very Merry Christmas. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.